Welcome. We're live on Very Flow Upstream number 50. This one's called Input as we've grabbed the topic list out from our BBM Channels community. Here today, or here this evening rather, with Chris, Editor-in-Chief at Crackberry. How you doing, Chris? Not too bad. Yourself? You sound good. You sound good. I'm glad you got the mic all set up. <laughs> our audio should be better, barring any Google you know, fiascos. But we're also here with Jubei or CL. How are you doing, Jubei? I'm doing well, man. I'd like to state that this upstream is going to be the very best upstream episode we've ever had. Tell them why, wow. James. Because we're more focused. <laughs> <laughs> I said that sketchily, but uh, I, I really just want to say hi to Darius, man. We haven't had you on in a couple of streams. It's good to have you back, bro. What's up, man? I'm glad to be back. You know, I've been keeping up to date with the upstream. So, no, I'm happy to be back, man. I had to take a couple of weeks off priorities in terms of work, so... Well, yeah, we're here now. Excellent, excellent. As I said, great to have you on. Lastly, we have our developer input here as well. Alex, <laughs> how you doing, my friend? What's up, what's up? How's it going? I'm good. You know. Alex had a hot date off of Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to put that out there. No. It's, it's, it's funny how, like, you know, m like mobile devices really are connecting us in so many ways, you know? Sometimes they'll lead us places, like, Maybe not turn out as we expect, but still kind of be something, right? Be a learning experience, if not a new one for us through our mobile device. Isn't that isn't that right, Alex? That's that's pretty right. Yeah, they can get you out of the house and you know actually go and do things. Yeah, I can agree on that. So like like when you go out, Alex, like what kind of apps are you using? Like, do you text mostly? Do you have a lot of the like the friends you communicate with on BBM? Like, what is your communication means? Are you calling? Like, how does that work? Oh, as of lately, it's kind of been a lot of texting because some of my friends and people that I talk to, they're very difficult to get on BBM, and I've tried, and they, they're not happy with it. And then I try and get them on even WhatsApp because I just don't want to use texting, and a lot of people are like, well, what's WhatsApp? So then, you know, it's it's tough, you know, unless you have an iPhone and you're using iMessage. It's, it's texting a lot of the time. But you you think it's being like that you know people that don't know what WhatsApp is. Like even my mom knows what WhatsApp is. Yeah, she doesn't use it, but she knows what it is, right? No, it surprises <laughs> me absolutely. Like WhatsApp is kind of as big as Facebook is in the messaging space, so it's like, it's very strange. Yeah. So Alex, you're going to be our segue here, right? You've told us about the great night you had. You told us about how you <laughs> connect with your friends. But what kinds of applications are you running on the daily on your device? Like you've, you mentioned Hub, obviously, through texting, right? You mentioned maybe WhatsApp, again, through Hub. But what kind of applications are you actually using, and what device are you using them on? Um, you know, I'm using the Z30. I'm trying to trying to figure out in my mind if you're trying to get me to say something or if I'm supposed to just tell you what I'm doing. I use... Um, actually just bought a native BB10 app that just came out, and it's for Slack. Um, definitely needs a little bit of work because it claims to have hub integration, but it doesn't. And if any of you are in the business sector, I'm sure you're using Slack on a daily basis. So to have a native version of that is really, really helpful. So this app is called Kotiri. It's kind of tough. It's to not available for the Passport, is it? It's not? Really? No, I, think so. it, I think it was when I looked at it, at least. It seemed to be. Because we use Slack for uh, for all the communication on CrackBerry between yeah. all of the all the sites and stuff. And I looked the other day; I couldn't actually find the app that uh, was in there. But maybe I just didn't. Uh, maybe okay. I just overlooked it. 
Yeah, I mean, I reached out to the developer, and, like, it definitely has a few bugs in it, like adding multiple accounts and no-hub integration, to, to name kind of the two most important things. Um, but he said he's working on it. He said the Slack API changes a bit, and, you know, just give them some time. So once, if hub integration does work, then this will probably be, it was five bucks, though, so it's a little bit pricey, but it's worth it because if you rely on it on a daily basis to have it native as opposed to the Android version, it's, yeah, it's worth it. The Android, the Android version, even though it works, I mean, obviously, as most people will know, you don't get the notification correctly for it. And that's that's the main purpose of what the app should do. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I still, I still rely on uh, the email notifications, which generally come through instantly yep. through Slack. But yep. it'd still just be nice to actually have it, you know, built directly into the app so that you get those notifications. And also, I find that the uh, the Android uh, app when it's loaded is it, it it seems like it takes a little bit longer to pull down the information yeah. if you've essentially been gone away for a long period of time so you have to wait for all of those messages to to load and then present themselves which is kind of annoying but it does work and you know but hey if somebody's gonna go ahead yeah. and build a nice native BlackBerry 10 one. I definitely hand over like five or six bucks. Yeah, that. and that's and the thing. It's like convenient at that point, right? Yeah, I mean, we're getting at a point where app development isn't really on, you know, going crazy in BlackBerry Town right now. But if you do make one of these core apps, then be sure that people are going to be willing to pay five, six bucks for. It. And I don't want to say go make an app and charge six bucks for. It. If it's like a Slack or something big like that for business users, then we're willing to pay that kind of money if you do, you know, make it well. Yeah, I think, make I it think work, that's please. That, that's kind of like the key. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's something that a lot of people overlook. Like, for example, some people will go ahead and they'll make like a really crappy app and want to charge like five or six bucks for it, but you can't do that. Like, yeah. You know, the, the market isn't just there. People realize they have value on certain things, and if it's something that's beneficial to them, then, yeah, they're going to pay for it, but if it's something that's, you know, just half-arsed and doesn't really work the way that it's supposed to, that that leads to people being upset and and you get bad reviews and then all of a sudden nobody is actually buying your app. If you just build good stuff, you can you can basically charge whatever you want for it at that yeah. point. Like as long as it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Anything and everything, right? And that's the thing, like we've talked about this many times before. But if there were more native solutions for some of the core applications that Alex had mentioned, Netflix, Slack, there's so many like options, right? They'd run great on the actual interface. And VB10 really is just like a great notification center for all those types of things that you want to have on your mobile. Blaze, what about you? What are some of the top apps you're using? Uh, well, first off, I use Passport because I know that we're going through and seeing who who uses what on what device. Um, I don't know. Let me just go through and actually list off some of the apps that I do use. Of course, the browser, but for the browser, I actually use Browsy Browser for the most part um, because I find that it works a lot better. It has you know, a lot of great features like the speed dial and the ad blocking. All that stuff is built directly into Browsy Browser. Uh, so you know, I, I sort of flip between that and the, the actual BlackBerry 10 browser itself. Um, Facebook, of course. I just simply use the, the native BlackBerry 10 one for that because even though I, I dreadfully hate Facebook, it's still one of those things that I use to you know, communicate with family and friends. Uh, 
not that you guys aren't friends, but <laughs> because some of you are are on my Facebook and some of you are not on my Facebook. But just deleted you. Yeah, I don't blame you. I post nothing but garbage on there, anyways. <laughs> but no, it, it's mainly for you know my mostly my family. Um, Blackberry Blend, of course. Uh, what else? Evernote. I'm really big on. Do you uh, use it to remember or like the actual app? No, I, I use the actual app. I've you know remember is one of those things. Like if I if I come across it before I find the Evernote icon, I'll use it, but. Usually the Evernote icon is what I, I see first. Um, what about Android? Like Of the Android apps you're running, what would you say are your most go-to? Uh, probably Instagram because even though I bought Instagram. all of... Yeah, even though I bought all of the native Android... Or, sorry, the native BlackBerry 10 apps, such as iGram Pro and Inst10 and stuff like that, I, I still find that I use the, the uh, Android version because it's just... You know, it's there. It works for me, and I find it. I generally find that icon on my device. I'm not a very organized person when it comes to laying out my device. I just, I let icons go wherever they want. Um, the other Android app that I use on a fairly regular basis is RAR for Android. So if you download any RAR files, you can actually unrar the files using RAR for Android. It really, oh, yeah. it works really, really good. On BlackBerry 10, it's like one of the if if I had to point to an example of an Android app working really good on BlackBerry 10, for Android would be one of the ones that would be up there because it just simply works, right? Like, yeah, it, BlackBerry no native uses Zip, right? Yeah. Okay. And that's built directly into into the BlackBerry 10 OS, yep, but which is nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of files come, you know, with uh, with RAR files and stuff like that. Uh, for news and stuff, I use the native BlackBerry 10 app called Pulse. Uh, I'm not sure if a lot of people have actually used it, but it, uh, you know, it pulls together a lot of a lot of the BlackBerry sites such as Berry Flow, Berry Review, uh, BlackBerry OS, and for BB, all of those sites. Uh, it also um, capture some of the international sites that uh, you know aren't, aren't necessarily in English that maybe a lot of people don't uh, don't fully follow but Blackberry Russia uh, Mondo Blackberry which is I believe Italian Blackberry France so that's good for keeping up to date on a lot of the Blackberry news um, what else do I use of course black for Twitter um, got it gotta use black I mean that's a obligatory use right there right yeah absolutely <laughs> And what else is fairly used on there? Tinder. Uh, no. <laughs> Snapchat. Reddit, I mean, usually I don't. I don't generally go towards a lot of apps because a lot of the time, you know, I'm just either on Twitter or just gathering news or, you know, basically just listening to music. I actually use Brandon's app uh, for music. Cloud Mix, and I have RDO side loaded. Uh, and you have it, right? Yeah, Mix Radio. Mix Radio is really good. The only thing I don't like about Mix Radio, it's an Android app, but it doesn't actually allow you to um, uh, determine whether or not you want to listen to explicit lyrics. And I, I really like explicit lyrics <laughs> when I'm listening to music. Now you know, Ninja. Yeah, I want to hear all that. So, you know. Uh, yeah, that's no, Nobex is great. Nobex and for music as well. I've yeah, been Nobex is great. A lot, and then yeah. you know, uh, fast tube, fast YouTube client out there, in my opinion. 
Yeah, no, I, I wish we just had more like cool native apps like that for the platform. Yeah. You know, that's that's really what drives it to be unique. Things like Express. I know Brandon were here. He'd be like Express. I love Express. <laughs> Get it out of beta. <laughs> Darius, hop in here for a minute. What do you think are some of your top used applications on your device? Um, well, for me, like I use my Z30 um, in the car for media purposes because it plays louder than my Passport does. So just generally just media apps which is mainly just the music app um for, as far as my passport um i use i found myself actually like in the last couple of weeks because i've been doing like a lot of studying and i've been using like pdf files so i've been using the adobe reader a lot and i just using it i'm like this is actually a pretty good core application for um blackberry 10 so i found myself using it a lot um uh i also use pulse as uh, Chris has mentioned, um, to kind of keep up with all the blogs, I'm using Crackberry uh, app like throughout the forums. Um, That's how I stay up to date on Blackberry. <laughs> <laughs> <CB10>. I use, uh, <laughs> uh, the browser, of course. Um, BBM, of, of course. Um, FastTube on my passport, most definitely. Um, blend when I'm, you know, in the house and I'm just kicking it for the evening because my Mac is usually in my face and not my passport. Uh, the weather app, Be Weather Pro. I use that because I need to know what the weather is going to be before I go do PT in the morning. Um, but uh, as far as Android applications, my my banking USA Android application is uh, my main Android app that I probably use, um, which works pretty well. Uh, like has face recognition that works great. Um, I use Task Manager. Uh, I'm always, I use the file manager a lot as well. Yeah. Um, I, I forgot to say that. I definitely use the file manager a lot. Um, I use the Instagram app um, as well as um, iGrand Pro. I use a lot of a lot of applications to be honest with you. <laughs> I can keep. Going. I mean, but the Remember you app. two I, phones I, around. Right. Apparently, but right. uh, the the Remember app I, I definitely use because I have a lot to remember on a daily basis. Not I have to like keep up with things for my soldiers, keep up with things in my household as well. So the Remember app keeps me on point. I use the calendar. Um, the Hub browser, uh, shout out to Toby. I do use the Hub browser, actually, um, because sometimes I don't want to just keep going back and forth. So when I'm in the Hub and I just can use the Hub browser, just go from here to there, then that's it's pretty, um, pretty essentially used, I, I would say. Um, Twitter, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of like your... Know, all type of app kind of guy, though, to be honest with you. So, so there is, there is, there is, there is. Let me slow you down a minute. T4BB <laughs> or black? Black has gotten a lot better. I will say that. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna. I had a. I was a heavy black user at first, right? Um, but <laughs> with the last like two updates has kind of got me back towards it. But I'm still more of a just native Twitter for BlackBerry right now. It just, I don't know. It just gets things. I don't know. It's just my personal preference. I can't really say, but I'm starting to use Black a lot more, and I, and I like the last couple of updates that have uh, happened with that app as well. So I know me and you have went back and forth. I know that's why you asked me. <laughs> Trying to get you back to Black fight permanently, right. man. If you had a classic, Black on the classic is so good. Right. And Rome did such an awesome job. That's, but that's what I was if say. only they did such a good job on the classic, right? Right. Like, you know what? And I actually... It's funny. A friend of mine, he just got a classic, and he uses um, Uber Twitter 
that's the name of right. Oh, Ubu Social. I'm sorry. It used to be Uber Twitter back in the legacy days when it was such a classic Twitter client. But Uber Social, he says he uses that on his classic, and he's like, bro, I just he loves it. Even though it's a Android application, he's like, he just likes the way it. it, it I don't know. I guess the classic complements that application for whatever reason more than it would on any other BlackBerry 10 device. What about what about you, Jube? What are some of the devices you're using? Uh, excuse me, the device you're using on the daily, and the applications you're using on it. Uh, keep it short and simple. Uh, have the passport. Don't really. I'm a minimalist kind of guy. I don't have much. I use BBM often. I use Remember often. I use the uh, Dropbox integration on BBM. Um, as far as Android, I have a Destiny app because I play Destiny, and I'm not going onto the website to get stats and information and news. And then I have uh, NYCFC, which is uh, New York City's football club for MLS. They have an app there, so I can look at schedules, buy tickets, whatever. But I'm, I'm not really on there that much. And that's it. Well, I mean, I got Snap. I don't know. That's, does that classify as an app? <laughs> that's definitely an app. The question is, do you use it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I love how no one said, like, the phone, the camera, you know? Like, no one said, like, the obvious things that they do with their phone I, at the time. Well, I, 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 I think that's why it got left out is because it's obvious. I mean, obviously, yeah. everybody's going to be using BBM and whatever. I mean, I use, like, the file file manager and stuff like that, but to me, that's just, like, that's normal stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I use the phone, all, all it, everything. It isn't, though. Like, Android and iOS don't even have file managers. So it's, it's not very normal, but it's great that we do have it. And Windows Phone only got folders, like, not that long ago, maybe, like, six months ago or something like that. Yeah, and it's pretty bare bones. I was playing with it on my 520, and it's, like, it's a viewer, like, a file viewer. It's not really a manager, per se, yet. But they'll get there. I'm sure they will with Windows 10 and whatnot coming. So we, we covered our devices, guys. We have a couple of topics here to jump into. And we're going to let's do. We're going to go rapid-fire across these, right? I want to try to get through as much of this as possible for the readership out there and the subscribers. If BlackBerry were to invest in something outside of security, outside of what they're already doing, what foray do you think would parallel well with their strategy as it is focused on enterprise? Do you guys see another piece of hardware or maybe a new type of software? We'll go start with Alex, Chris, Darius, and we'll close with Jube and I. Alex, on the spot, what would you like BlackBerry to develop on outside of the normal scope of what they do? Oh man, putting me first is really difficult because I do want to <laughs> think about this. Um, is supplementary hardware is like a tablet something that interests you, or would you like BlackBerry to make something more unique? I mean, everything just like software related, honestly. Um, so, would you prefer maybe refinements on what they already have as opposed to building out something new? Yeah, I think they can really take. Lend to the next level because you know using web.whatsapp.com and then also you know the solution that con convergence or whatever that iPhones have like if you manage to make blend cross-platform work really well with all phones I think that could be a killer feature you know if you can if you can use blend if you could have an iPhone download blend and use it with your iPhone essentially bringing that's bringing the hub to your computer for your iPhone. So that's something that we love so much and I think if they really really refined it and made it robust, I think it could be like one of those killer software things that um, 
I don't know. I, I really think Breaking the money, it. right? They could yeah. definitely do a lot. I mean, we have, I believe, Dropbox integrated into Hub. But if they were to maybe charge different vendors to bring in and enable themselves into Hub, they could do yeah. quite a bit with that. I, I agree, Alex. Blaze, what about you? If they were to develop further, would it be a piece of hardware? Would it be some kind of focus in software? What's something you'd like to see outside of the scope of what they normally do? Mm, it's a really good question because, personally, I never thought too much about it. I mean, because the majority of my concentration is still in that consumer aspect. Uh, however, a lot of businesses need to know where they're going, and I think Maps would probably be one of their best acquisitions that they could probably take on if they could get it for a reasonable price. Now, again, that doesn't necessarily target enterprise, but it does at the same time because, like I said, everybody needs to know where they're going, and right now BlackBerry Maps isn't, uh, isn't really... I mean, when you're in when you're in big areas, it's good and it generally works. But uh, there's a lot of areas that aren't necessarily being covered by BlackBerry Maps. So I think Nokia uh, here Maps would be a, a good acquisition for them. But you know, that's that's I, I totally the agree. I totally agree, Chris, because. You know, they, we're looking at like these obstacles in the road for BlackBerry in terms of their IoT growth, their machine-to-machine -machine growth. You'd think you'd want like some core, really good applications that then you could plumb into the car. You know, yeah, well, something like that. In Maps, again, like you said, you know, you're in all this infotainment. Why don't you have your own software solution as an offering through your reference platform instead of just like the bare bones, right? Yeah, I mean, if they're if they're basically wrapping everything into QNX and covering the infotainment sector, and they have all the QNX aspects built into all these cars. It just seems to make sense that they would have their own robust mapping application rather than, you know, BlackBerry Maps or even essentially relying on, on somebody else's solution at that point in time. You could, instead of offering somebody else's solution, you could offer your own solution to be to be placed into those infotainment systems. And right now, I don't, I don't think that they fully have that. They're still relying on other bits and pieces uh, as part of the solution, so I think it would be a good thing for them to pick up. And it, it, you know, it's it's again, it's not necessarily one of those things that would be like massively at the top or anything like that. But there has been a lot of focus and a lot of attention placed on, on here maps recently because a lot of people apparently seem interested in it. And if BlackBerry could scoop it up, it would be not only would it be good for for the for the services that they offer, it would be good. I guess, you know, for the reputation, you know, BlackBerry scooped up here maps, and like I said, where it's been, where it's been in the news a lot, and everybody is trying to look at it, it, it would just be a good move for them to, to take that on. I agree, and that's kind of how their SecuSmart acquisition was, right? We actually heard about SecuSmart months and months before they actually went for the acquisition, yeah. and it's it's kind of interesting, maybe those parallels that could play there. Mapping is definitely something BlackBerry could work on. Imagine connected through Bez, you're able to literally geofence an area just like by doing a circle around the location on your map, you know? Yeah. Allowing like, you know, going around parking lots and whatnot to really like create your web of you know, your secure infrastructure. There's so many things they could do and I definitely think that's something you should look toward and, and focus on. Darius, what are some of your thoughts? If they were to invest in something outside of the scope of what they're doing right now, which is a very, very enterprise-driven focus, what do you think would be beneficial for them? Do you see, no one's mentioned a piece of hardware yet, right? 
Is there no hardware aside from what they're doing that you'd be interested in seeing? Well, I mean, one, my main thing would be marketing. Invest more into marketing. I'm like, get people. What kind of marketing though? Like, do you want TV people, commercials? People, do you want? Yeah, I do want TV commercials, but I feel like one, you have to do like, okay, let's say when the BlackBerry Passport first launched, I felt like the Super Bowl would have been a really good time for BlackBerry to really put forth, you know, with advertising the passport, especially with the launch of it on AT&T right around the corner. So I really felt like they kind of, I don't want to say missed out or dropped the ball or anything. It's just I just don't feel like they took advantage of that whole time frame. Um, but I just want to see the advertising in terms of letting people know that BlackBerry 10 is there and educating people on it. You know, like one of the best things that I, I've seen, right, like that Windows did. Of course, Windows got buku of money. But when they do like the side-by-side -side comparisons, even with Apple, when they do side-by-side -side comparisons against like the competitive products you have, if you can show people the productivity and how much better your product is over the competition, that really opens people's eyes because people will just buy into brands basically, mostly based off of trends because I have an iPhone, you're going to get one, and they're going to get one, they're all going to get one, whatever. But if you show me, like, okay, hey, he's the iPhone, but what does this do for you on a day-to-day -day basis, and you show them a BlackBerry 10 device, that right there, I feel like he's going to start putting cash in your pockets. you got to spend money to make money. Now, I know they're very frugal in terms of how they're doing that as of recently, but, I mean, it's just a simple fact that I feel like you kind of got to start, you know, putting the pedal to the metal right now. Um, while you have any type of momentum, just start taking off with it because I don't want to say it's a do or die thing right now. And I know John Chen wants to see that profit before he really starts uh, seeking into those avenues. But it, I feel like investing into advertising is one of them. To get to something else over other than advertising, I would say is a tablet. I would like to see one. I don't want to see a Seki Smart tablet. I don't want to see a Samsung tablet. I want to see a BlackBerry built tablet. I want to see. I don't want to see. The playbook too. I want to see a brand new revised BlackBerry. Let me let me throw let me throw a curveball at you. All right, let's say this BlackBerry tablet exists. Does it have to run BlackBerry Ten? I think it should. I mean, why not? You know, I, I mean, it's a simple fact because if it runs BlackBerry Ten, you're gonna have the use of Android applications on the tablet. So, I mean, what else? Is, I mean, you shouldn't run Android. Like, no. Right. I mean, you can right. run an Android on BlackBerry. What if, what if they put, like, the latest Android on it, they got with some hardware manufacturers, they made it up quick, and it's blend-enabled, right? So it still connects with your BlackBerry. It still works as a, you know, a bridge to your BlackBerry. Jubei, I want to hear from you. What are some of your thoughts on things BlackBerry should invest in going further? Outside of the scope of what they are doing right now, what interests you? Where do you think they're, they can actually get some value from? Brick and mortar stores. I think if they opened up a BlackBerry high-end shop in every major city, where they can showcase their devices, have men in classy suits um, who are well educated on the OS and the devices, they could provide service, provide sales, and even open up the store, have a little uh, you know conference room in there for people who are BlackBerry users to uh, use it from time to time hold some events there, um, that would dramatically change uh, the outlook of the, of, of the company. 
One of the biggest problems that BlackBerry faces uh, besides lack of marketing and awareness is that uh, people who do want to buy these devices, people who are interested, they don't have an actual presence anywhere. And I think it's critical for them to start looking into actually pushing the agenda of having brick mortar uh, shops set up in major cities so that when you put out advertising, as Darius was saying, there's a reference point. People are like, you know what, I'll just go to the BlackBerry store. They can go there, they can see devices, play with them, get educated on them. I think the days are over where BlackBerry has to rely on carriers to do anything for them. I think carriers have already wrote their own uh, obituary when it comes to uh, that sort of thing. But I think it's time for BlackBerry to continue moving forward and say, you know what, we have our own online shop where people can come. But I, you know, walking around uh, New York City, everyone has a store. You know, I mean, how money would it be to say, oh, just go to the BlackBerry shop? It's on Fifth Avenue or whatever. What? You There's know? a BlackBerry shop? Yeah, man, it's on Fifth. No, I, I hear you. I'm saying go to shopblackberry.com. You know, no one's going to remember that. No one really, that's not. But if you have an actual store in major cities in D.C., New York City, in London, you have it in India, um, you know, just key places, you actually have a physical presence that people can go to. You know, there was a nightmare situation, which I'll be writing an editorial about uh, with a friend of mine, Shazia. And she was on the phone, dozens of emails, tons of phone calls, because, you know, one of the devices she purchased was running into some issues. And, you know, she was limited to some customer service uh, from India. And uh, it was a nightmare situation. And it's just, it left a bad taste in her mouth. Now, you take a very small example like that. And what's her experience? She's like, you know what? This is not worth it. I'm going back to whatever phone she had previously. Then, whenever someone asks her about BlackBerry, guess the first thing that's going to come out of her mouth? Not good news. And then those people are going to spread the not good news. So, um, you know, those, having... Those thing, people always spread the news faster than yes. right. the people with good experiences as well. Yeah. I forget the the actual saying, but you know, if one person has a good experience, they're going to tell like three people. If one person has bad experience, they're going to tell like ten people. <laughs> so uh, you know, by 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 the simple math, I think it's extremely beneficial because if they do, let's say we have the brick and mortar shop set up, what's to say that BlackBerry can also showcase blend and also showcase software capabilities at these places? You give people a reference point, businesses a point for them to go and to see, not wait around to uh, some sort of BlackBerry jam or security summit pops up once a year in some random city. It's like they actually, there's a store they could go to and inquire. And I think it's, I, I think it'd be catalyst for them moving forward to them to invest in actually having a BlackBerry store, a very slick, high-end, smart shop where people could go in, get educated, fool around with the devices, get all their news, get everything from these stores. I, that's me. But hold on here. Because I, this is really interesting because of the fact that there are BlackBerry stores that do yeah. exist. <laughs> That's what there are several BlackBerry stores that do exist. And Not the reason why I bring this... Yeah, no, but just hear me out here. The reason why it, it comes up, and basically I've seen this come up numerous times like across the forums and sites and everything else, is BlackBerry doesn't have that brick-and-mortar presence in any of the areas in which we live in. Alex isn't going to see 
a BlackBerry store, you know. Darius isn't going to see a BlackBerry store. You're not going to see, well, maybe this actually leads to it. Um, you know, they do have these stores. They have the service centers in Indonesia. They have them across India. They have, you know, the, the BlackBerry store at the Dubai Mall, which is in the United Arab Emirates and stuff like that. So they do have this presence before. South Asia. And, yeah, and, and it, it's there. They do have these places that these people can go to uh, in key specific areas. It, I think it's, it's interesting, Blaze, because those are the areas that are going to have in the next couple of years more cell phone users than North America. You know, yeah. like, like you've mentioned with the Emirates in India. There's definitely a lot of potential there, but Jubei wants presence. And kind of where the market's growth is actually going to come from, where it hasn't been exhausted, they have a little bit of presence there. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying is I agree fully with Jubei, but it has to be done right because BlackBerry has tried this before with the brick-and-mortar solutions in North America, but they did it wrong. They teamed up with uh, – oh, crap, I forget the name of it now – Giant Wireless or something like that, and they, they basically put them in airports and stuff. Like nobody's going to be looking at a phone – and no. spending that kind of quality time in an airport. Right. You know, they, it just doesn't make sense because, you know, nobody is going to take their, their layover to actually go a, and purchase a phone directly. Yeah, they're going to get a drink, they're going to get food, and yeah. that's it, you know? Those are the things that I do. I'm not in any of those goddamn stores trying to buy a cell phone in the middle of, of yeah. you know, the, the Chicago airport or whatever. But I do believe that if BlackBerry was to go ahead and reevaluate that situation and put those kiosks and those stores, like Dubai is saying, in key retail areas like Washington and New York, so on and so forth, they would have quite a bit of success with it. I'm just saying that the, the, the previous onset of that didn't fare so well. They ended up closing all of those stores and, you know, it was it was crap at that point. I think this but they do have those stores there. I think the solution is kind of like what Samsung did, teamed up with Best Buy and have these stations in the middle of the big box stores. Yeah. So if I'm looking at like BlackBerry, right, I want to have like a, a station set up in these carrier stores, in Sprint stores, in Black, in uh, uh, AT&T stores, Verizon stores, uh, you know, pretty much showcasing the devices that are available on that carrier, uh, how to use the, uh, you know, the OS and all the other different applications that come along with it. But one, the, the other thing that I see, right, is like with Apple, right, they have, you have Apple stores. People mainly stick to that product because they are so intertwined within the ecosystem. But not only that, it's because if something happens, they run to the store, they take care of it, and they don't have to worry about it. Yes. So if you, had availability, if you had the availability there of the stores, whether it's a, a big box store, small box store, or just a kiosk within another store, if you have the availability there to help people learn and know uh, the, their OS and the product that they're using, it, it's, it, it helps so many issues that they have. That also, in turn, <laughs> helps with your marketing and your advertising because people are like, this is a great device. If I ever have any issues, just go here and they'll fix it for you. But, yeah. I mean, like, you know, it, it just gets the ball rolling. It, it, it's the snowball effect, but yeah. I think the solution isn't necessarily just a, a BlackBerry store. 
because the only time I've ever seen them was in an airport in Atlanta <laughs> and in D.C. when I go back home. But the point of the fact is, is if you just put them in an AT&T store and you have just BlackBerry employees working there that can help people on a day-to-day basis, it, 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 it carries them a long way. It really does. Like, you know, while John Chen is trying to cut expenses, right? Like yeah, that's the other side. And do the exact opposite right now. That's but the other still, side. That's BlackBerry even want it. <laughs> a strategy for, for maybe some years out once we've stabilized the ship, right? Because these are some right. things that we need to have in terms of presence, be it a store, be it online, yeah, that's whatever line. it may be, right? Bottom line. Needs yeah. to happen. Let's move on. Let's talk about this BBM update, guys. What are some of your thoughts on it? This latest update brings in two new features, a publisher section within the feeds of BBM, and as well, uh, we've added in some further abilities. Do um, you guys remember what specifically they added in as well? Yeah. <laughs> the edit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind edit. of... So, so one of the things that I'll kind of make a comparison to, Slack has the ability to edit the message, and after you edit the message, it just has a little, in parentheses, edited next to it. And it's nice, like, if you type something really quickly and maybe you make a spelling error or something, you could just change it. Um, and it does notify the person that it was edited. So the, the thing that's a little bit weird with this update through BBM is it first retracts the message, and then it copies the edited message that or the message that you had previously sent allows you to edit it, then you click send, and then it has a little green edit next to it. Um, I feel like the retracted message is kind of unnecessary, but maybe it's the only way that they can grab it from the server. I don't so, know. So, Alex, you're, you're saying if, if I retract a message, okay, let's say I copy a message to my clipboard, retract it, paste it, do the edit, and the only difference is the carrot. The yeah, there's, there's a little green pencil next to it. So it, it the edit feature really doesn't sound like much of anything. It's just supposed to be a little mini, minor convenience. I'd say, you know, just to clean up the chat a little bit, I would just have it so it doesn't say retract message. And then I'd say, you know, cool, this is essentially what uh, a few very popular programs do, and it works well. It just seems like, I don't know if they're trying to throw retract in people's face, because like, when you read retracted message, it almost has like a negative feeling towards it. Like, well, what did they take away? Like, yeah. whereas if it's just they an should, edit, they if should it, change that terminology. That yeah. Whole retracted, they yeah. I like. I prefer just to be able to long press it and then edit it. Long yeah, exactly. I don't think message retract should even show up in the person's uh, chat history. Yeah. Like, I don't think they should even show up at all. I think I it's agree. your own feed if you retracted yeah. it. You'd be like, oh, that's right, I changed it. But yeah. someone should see that. I, I don't like that. I, from, it, a business really... from a business perspective, yeah. guys, sometimes some of that admittance needs to go through, right? You need to, you know, I gave you the wrong code. Here is the one you need. It, I, I think it'd be cool if they had more of like an animation for it. Like it says, like, retracted and then disappears, right? So you still have that kind of signal that it was retracted. Maybe there's, an, there's an honesty and integrity thing there, I feel. Needs but then again, saved. how many people here are actually using retracted messages? I, I do not want. No, there's there's scenarios where I've wanted to use it honestly because maybe I sent something. For instance, here's an example. Say that my stepdad was driving home and he asked me if I wanted any food from from a taco place, or whatever. And I end up sending him my order, but then he calls me on the phone. I tell him my order, and he has not read the messages yet. So it's useless information that he has no reason to see anymore and I want to retract it just so he doesn't have to look at it because it's useless. 
but I don't want to do that because I feel like if he sees it says retracted message, it's such a useless thing, but then it kind of turns it into something that might yeah. have been... Yeah, because he's... You know, there's he's this weird like, stigma attached to it. Did you type? I want to know what you typed. Yeah, exactly. You explain, no, I only retracted a message because you already had my order, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Hey, it's it's better than having to delete someone as a BBM contact so that the conversation <laughs> wouldn't disappear on their end. And trust me, I've had to do it a couple of times. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, wow, I shouldn't have sent that. Delete contact message. Sorry, I lost you in a BBM update. My bad, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Conversations got wiped. I don't know what happened. Um, <laughs> Goddamn BBM. <laughs> But no, like BBM update, glad they're still developing it. Keep up yeah. the good work. They tease something very interesting. I know a lot of the community had their speculation on it. They yeah. put out what looked like a text message icon with a little plus sign in blue that looked like Android M's, excuse me, Android's material design yeah. for, for their version of the signature action, which rests on the bottom right. What could it be? Who knows? They actually told us months ago that they were working on a carrier yeah. plan to, to make a messages app, right? So basically, yeah, that just vanished though, they, right? It, we haven't heard anything since. Yeah. But that being said, this is something that existed on Legacy as well, right? This BBM is something Piper has, right? <laughs> the SMS 2.0 that Jim Balsilli so ardently pushed as a services yeah. idea. Um, duh. Right, like the, they, we don't have a BlackBerry service plan, but we still can offer a BlackBerry data plan, and that data is connected to these services. Voice, video for connected devices, right? For BB10 devices, obviously the IM platform stickers and, and channels and the like. So there's a lot, there's a lot there, right? That they could offer. The way so they've proud you caught that, James. You're like, yeah, Jim Ball Silly's plan. Right. You're like, brought me glee. I'm like, yeah, James got it. <laughs> no, exactly. This has been something like that's been around forever, right? As they tried to push, should we take BBM cross platform or should we just offer the back end service or knock infrastructure to the carriers to have their own service? And I think Verizon has their own chat and video system. Like all the carriers seem to have their own, you know, proprietary version thereof. Why can't BBM get behind that and make some money on the back end? I, I, I don't know. But whether that's coming or not, at least they're developing BBM and they're creating hype, right? And yeah. hopefully they can deliver on that hype because a lot of people were excited to see what that may be. Ironically, they launched the BBM beta, which brought the features we just mentioned just prior to that, right? So it's like, uh, was that what they were talking about, or is there something else cooking? We, we have a lot more I want to talk about, guys, so we're just running through. That was a little bit of news. This one's going to take up a little bit of time. It'll probably take us to our 9 o'clock, and we'll see if we want to extend from there. Brillo, Google's IoT platform, against Ion, BlackBerry's IoT platform. They're, they're so oh, different. They're so different. Right, like, like I, you just see, like, the Rock'em Sock'em robots going at it, right? But <laughs> do, do you, they're so different in focus that I wonder if they're even competitors or whether maybe... Maybe the Internet of Things is all of these platforms working together, God forbid, right? Like, who has to say you're a competitor there as opposed to maybe we can work together and make an expansive ecosystem that interconnects? What are some of you guys' thoughts? Alex, Alex, you watched I.O. What were some of they yeah. talking about with Weave and, and the like? Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of mentioned a few things. For instance, um, they, they seem to be following Microsoft's suit where... Microsoft essentially is using Windows 10 and everything. So essentially what Microsoft uses for HoloLens or just like anything is running off of Windows 10. And then also they've also explained that Windows 10 is going to be Windows 10 moving forward. There's not going to be a Windows 11. Um, so then with Android, well, Google, they're, they're using Android. 
So this whole IoT platform is still Android. It's just stripped down version of Android, um, just as QNX is to BB10. Um, that's kind Here, of how it is. Here's something that I want to make reference to, and, and I want to hear from Jubei. I want to hear from Chris as well on this. But QNX is an embedded operating system, right? It's not a consumer kernel. It's not Linux. It's not meant for commercialization and desktop devices, right? This is something that's meant to be run on, like, minimal specifications. And as well, super high specifications. You know, those Cisco routers with 99 cores. QNX is powering those. But I think as we look forward here, and we really look at the connectedness, wearables, maybe we may see prosthetics that are, you know, interconnected. A prosthetic that's connected to my smartphone, maybe, you know? Or other, you know, body sensors that are connected. As we look at animatronics, I know Alex and Brandon have been talking about the Ex Machina movie and talking about AI and all these things, right? And cool, it's a fun sci-fi conversation, but as this market builds on itself and we actually start seeing the roadmap to those types of innovations, BlackBerry has a real opportunity to make sure that that data, that innovation is done in a secure manner so that we don't see people stealing left and right ideas and whatnot. Data security is going to be huge as the Internet of Things moves forward. Yeah. Do you guys... And I think, like, if I put a computer into myself, right, be it for my pacemaker, be it for, you know, some kind of machine inside of me that's keeping my liver going, whatever, right, it needs to be an embedded architecture, not necessarily a consumer open source architecture, right? I don't want running open source in my body. It just doesn't sound, like, pleasant. So there's a lot, I think, in the potential for what BlackBerry can do with Ion specifically. Right now they're focused on automotive, so you can track deliveries and things of that nature and and your workload management through the, their Internet of Things platform. But there's a lot more, and Google seems to be very, very focused on making a very consumer smart things kind of platform. Yeah, you know what well, I'm, I'm, They're know, talking more about devices, you know? The Internet of Things, Chris' favorite saying and expression, <laughs> um, it's, the, it's the next big thing, right? So um, it's no surprise that... Uh, you know, Google launch. I'm not sure about the name Brillo because that's what I use to clean the <laughs> bathroom with. All right, so um, so with Brillo, I don't think it's a it's considered necessarily a competitor. I think we're gonna see like companies now jumping on the train on you know on this on this popularity of the IoT stuff, and it's great because um, you know Project Ion was pretty much one of the pioneers. They were the first ones, BlackBerry, right, to to announce this 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 project and. Uh, they saw it before it happened, and it's great because they've been spending a lot of time, a lot of energy and resources in building the infrastructure around it. Um, so we see, like, we're going to be seeing a lot of other companies now, right? It's like, oh, we got an IoT thing, we got this, we got that. And, I, you know, I took a look over the Brillo stuff, and um, I, nothing there that was, like, really great, but they want to kind of connect, make homes more connected and stuff, and... One thing that just, you know, pointing out the elephant in the room is like we're really talking about Google here. They're like the masters of deception of data mining. So they're just taking it to a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. and they can provide all of this for, you know, companies to uh, learn their consumer better and uh, know what people are using in their homes, know when they're using it, how they're using it, how often. Um, so I'm sure they'll That is Google's time. vision for the IoT, whereas <laughs> Blackberries is... The exact opposite, right? right? Connectivity, security, and privacy. And, yes. and you're right. Like, I don't want Google to know when I make my toast in the morning, yeah. you know, like, or when I'm washing my clothes on yeah, the, you know, because like, anyone who thinks that this data is not being logged is just, I don't, you know, sorry, I got 
I don't know if you guys hear the sirens and gunshots. That's the, that's in the, the ghetto in the background. It's, it's don't like, uh, you live in New York. Me, you don't yeah. need to explain. <laughs> um, it wouldn't be normal if we didn't hear a siren. <laughs> it's awfully you hear, quiet. You hear some guns pop off in the background. <laughs> um, <laughs> it closes the window. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, it's just uh, man, I lost my train of thought with the gunshots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about uh, Google, man. Google, Google. mining. Oh yeah, but I would say like just a couple days ago, you know, <laughs> puts out the article on how um, wiping your Android devices doesn't actually clean out its data. It still retains a, a great majority of the data. Now I thought this was only um, done on certain phone models, but apparently uh, there was a re independent research team that tested all the latest models. And if they did a security and factory reset and wipe and all that stuff, it still retained a lot of incredible amount of data of its previous user. But is that really news, though? I mean, realistically, anybody who has actually used an Android device would not would not think that is news because I realized that crap three years ago when I had, like, a Nexus or something. Yeah, I mean, I I, I've had Android device before. Um, I would like to think that if I tell the phone to wipe itself, that it would just kind of do it. Yeah, no, exactly. Instead, it soiled itself. But, I mean, I, I've, I've experienced exactly what they said on my own. Like, you know, you wipe a device, it reboots itself, you go to go ahead and reconfigure it, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're you're flipping through the gallery or whatever, and there's still pictures there. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's not... that's. The the information about that isn't necessarily news. I mean, it's rather it's still rather disturbing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, but it's not news. I've experienced it myself. That's just uh, you know. Here's, it's the th here's the thing, Juve. Juve, with all of that, right? This is the problem yeah. with the cloud, right? Because it goes off, and then they can sync it right back. Yeah. It never goes away. This is something that's latent on Android. It's latent on iOS, and people even pay for it on iOS. Like they literally, oh crap, I need more photo space. This yeah. is something that gets me with Google Photo that they announced at uh, at I/O. It's like this was already available for Google Plus users. Yeah, like they're slowly tearing us in the same way you can use Google yeah. Photos. Right. They they literally just pulled the two services and made them standalone. But it's like this has been here, right? This is this is a mining infrastructure that has literally been here. We're just trying to pose it to you a little bit better, more readily. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's definitely just severe differences in the focus of these two IoT yeah, the platforms. philosophies are definitely different. Oh, yeah. yeah. I should be writing, like, uh, songs about how I <laughs> blend. I, also, I can just see Jubei singing with, like, a Brillo pad, and he's, he's yeah. cleaning away. And... <laughs> I also oh. agree with Jubei where, so, you, you know, know they, I mean, they have to know, work together. Google announcing this, it was only an inevitability. It wasn't like, oh, you know, they're jumping in. It's like, oh, well, obviously they're going to jump in because there's a lot of information to be gathered and sold and that sort of thing. And uh, I don't, I really don't think that they're competitors. No, I absolutely agree with that because, you know, they, while they announced Brillo, they also basically announced Weave as well. And Weave is essentially the the program, I guess you could say, that is basically going to interconnect a lot of these things as well. So you don't necessarily have to have something that is, you know, running running Brillo to be able to go ahead and communicate with something that is running Brillo. Let's say, for example, you know, something is running Huawei's Light OS, which is their Internet of Things operating system. You know, you can use Weave to go ahead and have Light OS communicate with 
Brillo directly, or you know, right. you could have Project Ion talk to a Brillo application if Weave is in place. So Weave is essentially the thing that you know, as the name implies, weaves all these things together, and it it doesn't it doesn't really care what operating system it's coming from or what Internet of Things OS it's running. Um, again, like those things can can be brought together. They're they're creating something that everybody can use, but make no mistake about it, Google Google wants something as well. Uh, all <laughs> yeah, of that in for that facilitation, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, funny, so they're not funny Chris, that you mentioned that. Uh, you know, taking a step back from all of this, we're talking about like this this new integration of all these devices and products and all the stuff we give. I think we're still a little bit of ways from it. I, I, you know, oh, yeah. I, I can't imagine any home that's just loaded to the brim. With like these smart devices that talk to one another, I think we're, we're still a little bit of ways. Most people, you, clear, are, you clearly uh, haven't been to Chris's place yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I think people are really simple. I think uh, you're walking a thin line there because you can creep people out really quickly with this. I mean, I know people at an Xbox One that uh, keep a shirt or or, or a blanket over the <laughs> camera system. Yeah. They feel like, you know, someone could just come in and hack and take a look at them. I know people that don't even buy smart TVs with built-in uh, webcams because they're afraid that, you know, someone might be able to hack in. Um, so, you know, Google coming out, they, I don't know. I, I think people a little bit of ways. I think they have a long way to go to sell this idea. Um Blackberry's idea of Project Ion is a lot more feels a lot more realistic because they're offering something different and um, you know security obviously being their focal point. Um, securing right. It almost data. it almost feels like Brillo and Weave are an ecosystem, whereas the Blackberries and it's beyond Ion right now. They've already launched the IoT platform and it's available and in yeah. use very very readily so. So it almost feels like it's it is more of a platform as opposed to an ecosystem where it is literally just the, the pipeline that you can get on. The rest is up to you, you know? So it almost feels like maybe they've got a, Google is more focused on the unification of those different applications and then devices. Whereas BlackBerry is all about that channel. Yeah, because there is a lot of fragmentation for sure when it comes to Google and their Android. Right. Really, really well, fragmented. So. Technically, there's a lot of fragmentation being created right now through all this IoT stuff. I I tend to look at it like um, communication systems, open source communication systems. When it comes to communication systems, if you look at all of the applications and services that are available for communication systems, there really is no one generic uh, platform, basically, to be able to go ahead and get everybody on. Like. You know, everybody is either on WhatsApp or how do you say KKO Talk or whatever. Or yeah, you know, they're they're using they're using Google Hangouts. They're using whatever. There is no one simple unified application to point to everybody and say, here, you can use this. You know, you can reach me at this anytime. There's there is none of that, and it almost feels as though that those systems are are again being replicated when it comes to IoT because. Um, you know, BlackBerry ha has their services. Google launched their services. Huawei launched their services. Um, Apple has whatever the hell they have. Nobody really cares about Apple. I can't even keep up with all the crap that they announce. But they have some uh, home kit organization thing to to automate your home and all that stuff. And all that stuff, it just seems it seems incredibly fragmented. Again, like you know, where where. 
where is the standard in all of this? Like, how are all of these things going to to communicate together if they're all running different operating systems and so on and so forth? Like, do I need to, if I go buy a Samsung fridge, do I need to, to worry about what Internet of Things operating system it's running on to ensure that it's going to work? It just... It all seems incredibly complicated, and, and it's not, yeah, it could go, it could go south really fast. Yeah, so. nobody nobody has given a definitive answer as to say how all means. of these things are going to work or what it means in the long run for people or you know who's pulling what data, where the data is being stored, how secure it is. None of that stuff. It's just all kind of out there, and there's there's no real assemblance like. All these people are just announcing whatever the hell they want to announce, and you know, yeah, like I, I could wake up tomorrow and announce that I'm gonna go ahead and launch my own IoT system called Blaze OS or whatever, right? And you know, Yo, I would buy that. Hold on, <laughs> yeah. on my Fire Phone. Is that something it, I can do? It comes in. It comes in like a, a 15 kilobit size. It, it, you know, it can run Android. It can run. Uh, BlackBerry 10, it can run iOS, it's got all that goodies. And stores neatly on your server at home. Yeah. And, you know, nobody would know the, know the difference whether or not it was actually real or not because, you know, where where's the realization of of the majority of this stuff that's being announced? I well, wanna... I guess that comes with the territory. Right? I mean, we're at the cusp of a, of, a, of a new era of information and communications. It's, it's all changing, Jubei. Right now, even, like, if you look at it, the way streaming and music, Brandon did an article on this very recently, and, and people found it kind of off place on Veryflow. But he was talking about media and how media is kind of taking over a lot of what technology was driving, like Steve Jobs, the iPad, the, the iPod, excuse me, and all of those innovations for music. Technology was driving the music industry, and maybe now there might be a transition where the media is actually driving the technology industry. Because right now we have phones getting bigger. Media is driving... Yeah. Kind of the way technology is moving right now, and that's how it's going to drive with the IoT. Google sees the consumer potential, but there's still a back-end enterprise corporate potential that Ion and BlackBerry's IoT platform have. With that being said, what do you guys think about the future for Bez? They're almost everywhere with it, right? They're on hosted providers. They have Bez <laughs> Cloud. They have Bez 12 installed on local on-site servers. What do you think is next? Just plumb more services into Bez and and keep building on it? Or, or do you see a bigger kind of IoT vision with Bez? Is Bez beyond a cell phone? Is it, can you put Bez in a car? Can you put Bez, you know? What do you guys think about what's BlackBerry's I mean, next kind of course of action with Bez? I think the, the biggest reason why Bez has been the main focus in, in the last year and a half, so to speak, to be honest with you, is simply because it is, like, going to be their platform like it's that foundation for their IoT platform so that's the reason why the focus has been there it's it's no secret um and you just see how you know flexible bez is and how uh diverse it, it, it can be um the potential behind bez essentially is enormous um but i mean it's it's proven already so I think that's the reason why it's position. It's in good position for it's future proof. That's that's the best way I can kind of really sum it up. It's it's future proof, um, and they can really just capitalize on it by just adding additional features. You know, yeah. strengthening security and you know keeping it along those levels. But I mean, it, it's it's kind of their bread and butter to be honest with you. It really is, and it's gonna it's gonna determine the future for BlackBerry. So they have to. Chin already knows this. He's trying to place you know all his stones. 
in the right places so they have a, a solid foundation going forward. Essentially, what Bez comes down to is a secure network. I mean, in simplistic terms, it's a secure network. Everybody, right. is, everybody is concerned about their data at this point and who has control over their data, who can see their data, so on. All of this stuff needs to be essentially filtered through somewhere which is basically a secure network where they know that none of this stuff is you know, going to be susceptible to hackers or anything like that. They're going to continue to plug more stuff into Bez and... Again, the network itself as much as possible, so that they can go ahead and and start reaping some benefits from that. They need other people coming directly for the secure network. They need people to say, "Okay, we need your secure network because we can't build it ourselves. You guys already have the network infrastructure in place." So hopefully, they'll continue to build it. Like in recent years, we saw the. the basically the dismantling of some of the data centers. However, I think BlackBerry was a little bit ahead of time in terms of how many data centers they actually had. At that point in time, that much data capacity wasn't necessarily needed. So now they're going to have to, you know, once once the Internet of Things and all that stuff starts popping, they're going to have to have to expand Bez and essentially the network, uh, again, to to a point where they have more of those data centers and they can control a lot of the stuff that's actually being being put out there. A lot of the data. I mean, they they control like what was it like six point seven, however many petabytes or something like that. Yeah. A ridiculous amount of data. Let's just say that. And you know, they're gonna it's, they're gonna plug insane. more in. I agree. I think as Bez grows, they got to plug more in to make it a more robust experience. They've got geofencing. They've got so many different unique things already with Bez to make it like that value add. You can get BBM meetings. You can get BBM protected. So literally, you can have a secure communication channel throughout your enterprise through Bez. You know, there's there's definitely a lot there. What about BlackBerry's camera? What about BlackBerry's Android application player? These are areas that a lot of people consider BlackBerry weaknesses. Input, keyboards, BlackBerry's nailed it, right? In terms of the, the whole flow, the uniqueness of the, u, the the user interface and stuff like that, BlackBerry's nailed it, right? It's it's totally unique. It's strong points for them. Security as well, obviously a big point for them. What do you guys see as kind of the next value add for them? Do you think building on your weaknesses will allow you to make them strengths? I mean, with, with, with the slider, right? This thing looks like a Samsung S6 Edge. Is it going to have that camera? Is it going to have that, you know, those specifications? What is it in, in the end going to be like? And maybe as BlackBerry goes forward, can they turn some of their weaknesses into value additions for them so that they can kind of kill whatever stigma they may have? What are some of your thoughts? I want to hear from Jube. Um, I love throwing people on the spot, man. <laughs> um, so everyone has an opinion here. This is a very uh, touchy topic for a lot of people because you have like the consumer side which BlackBerry has moved from and uh, you know enterprise which they have their roadmap for. Um, I don't see too many weaknesses on their enterprise and them moving on the QNX and automotive and their medical stuff. I think they're doing brilliant in moving in those directions and building the right partnerships and uh, establishing themselves as, you know, mobile communications, security presence, and all that stuff there. Um, and just a solid MDM everything. So 
on the other side, that kind of just leaves consumers, really. We're talking about, like, their app store, talking about, like, their phones. And personally, eh, you know, it is what it is. Um, I I really just don't see them right now in the immediate uh, future um, really taking these weaknesses, which is just their consumer side of everything, and really do anything about it. Um, I, I wrote about this before. There's no real money to be made. But how you far know, off really? is it? How far off is it? You pay to really just build on a partnership, get Samsung in. They're doing most of the hardware, you know, if not helping at a, at a, a steep level to bring in some of that stuff. All right. So it's like. At what what, point, do you think John Chen would actually offset some of that, like push it off to another partner to build on for them? He will do it if there's money to be made. But honestly, there's no money to be made. I mean, you look at your average, you look at everyone who follows like Crackberry, N4BB, you know, the, the majority of Berry Flow, all these guys, right? The first thing that comes out the mouth is the old tired song, apps and phones. There's no money to be made in there. There's zero dollars to be made. You got like... Um, uh, uh, people, we're talking about people who want the highest end phone for the cheapest price and they want the latest apps all for free. You, as soon as you start saying, oh, 99 cents for app or dollar for 99, everyone starts throwing their hands up in the air. They're like, oh, you know, forget it. I'm not going to pay for that. No one wants to pay for anything. Consumers want everything for free and <laughs> don't want to pay for anything. Which is why Google Photos will do so well. <laughs> now it's like, okay, well, BlackBerry's like, well, obviously there's no money being made there. Where's their money? Well, you got these multi billion dollar, trillion dollar industries waiting for them. You got the automotive stuff, you got the medical stuff, you got the enterprise stuff, right? You're gold already. You're gold already. So, you know, in my perception, you know, you look at the weaknesses, it's like, well, yeah, I guess you can hand it off to somebody and make a few, you know, make some of the kids in the playground happy. Hey, Candy Crush Soda is available in the Amazon App Store. It's a, <laughs> a big deal for a lot of people. No, but no, Jubei makes great points, right? It's not yeah. in the focus. The money to be made is going to be made somewhere else. It's not on this highly, it, highly competitive it, space. We learn from Chen is that he will go where money is, and he's going where the money is, and he's turning profitability. And if you don't see it in the consumer area, he doesn't care. Like, he's like, eh. What? Why? So I can make some people happy so you guys could be like, oh, I got, you know, I got, you know, uh, a native uh, Instagram on my BlackBerry 10. Really? It doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> I, I absolutely agree with Jubei. Like, it, Chen has laid his plans out, and I keep saying it, and I say it in hopes to drive it into some people's brains. He doesn't really care about the consumer market. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, I don't, you know, maybe it's slightly wrong to say that he doesn't care because he does care in the sense that he wants to maintain the ones that are there, and he wants to keep those going and keep them as BlackBerry customers. However, he doesn't necessarily fully care about you know, making all of these changes, these drastic changes that everybody is hoping for, like in terms of marketing, in terms of apps and all of that stuff. You know, it basically, I think he looks at it right now as if you're already a BlackBerry user, you've accepted what is wrong or what could be viewed as weaknesses within BlackBerry, and you're going to continue to use BlackBerry regardless, right now. Regardless, yeah. right? Exactly. Like you are the core audience. If you appreciate everything about your BlackBerry now, great. If you don't, then chances are he 
you're probably going to go to a different operating system. You're going to fall in love with that, and he's hoping to catch you somewhere on the back end of that operating system, whether it be through BBM, whether it be through the the the, the enterprise solutions that they're offering. He he wants to tag you in terms if if you're using an iOS device, he wants you on a bed. He wants you using a BlackBerry app on your iOS device or your Android device or something like that. He, he is quite perfectly fine with that being the scenario if you leave the BlackBerry platform. He can still make some money off of you in terms... And he basically said that in, in his day own one. words. Day yeah. one, you know? Day yeah, one since he's been here. It's and been reiterated over and over and over and over. So and some people just don't grasp it. People are still like, oh, the slider, the slider. Let's talk about the slider. Who cares oh. about the slider? You're never <laughs> going to see it. It's not going to be in any carrier store. You know, it's going to be marketed to a specific thing. You can hey. buy it on shockblabbery.com when it comes out. That's it. <laughs> Go oh read Blaze's article of the USA, uh, USA Today uh, interview that he had. That pretty much is going to sum everything up of what yep. his mindset is for short-term and long-term. And that's just that. I just really feel like the black, the the most annoying people are the BlackBerry loyalists. As much as I really hate, as much as it really disheartens, that really they are really the most annoying. Because I'm like, look, you chose to stay with this platform. You know what the deal is. Accept it. All right. You've gotten a lot, but you're still ungrateful. And I mean, my thing is, is just that. I, I really rather just kind of deal with the news of all the other platforms and see what's coming about just to say, okay, I know essentially something is now going to come from BlackBerry because I see other platforms do other things. But the point of the fact is at the end of the day, it's just people have to accept where they are present. And presently, they are in a good position. Like, be happy with what they have going for themselves. Right. They turned profitability the last it's two quarters. Right. And it wasn't doing what you thought they should do. They did it right. on their own terms. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. The media has been recently kind of okay with BlackBerry. Like, they, 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 they've actually been slowing down the negativity. Like, they're not as harsh as they used to well, be. Well, the last two weeks were pretty rough, but... Yeah. <laughs> on the whole... Thousands yeah. laid off. Right. Yeah. And it comes from the rumors, and like I said, BlackBerry's negativity gets spun from Wall, um, Wall Street, and that's all it is. It doesn't get spun from anything else. It gets spun from Wall Street. Rumors occur. The stock goes up. It doesn't happen. The stock goes down. Aha, BlackBerry fell in their face, and they're going down for the history. Like, come on. Man. That's yeah, only meanwhile, BlackBerry China has, keeps reiterating the same thing <laughs> over and over yeah. again. Right. And, um, He's probably so exhausted from saying yeah, the same thing. Listen, the fact this is it. BlackBerry has changed as a company. Their philosophy has changed. Their vision has changed. They're on a new track, a new mind. And people now just need to adapt to this, you know, let go of the legacy days. Those days are over. Forget about it. Yeah, you know, right. half the staff that were there, I mean, we have a Heidi who left and a number of people over the last few months and Vivek left and all it's changed it's different just let it go it's the all Blackberry, different now. The Blackberry loyalists are still holding on to that nostalgia holding on to a ghost they're so exactly like that nostalgia they hold on to you you're so pressed on the legacy like that legacy day presence they had it's no longer relevant anymore 
Right. I hate I hate both of you because I like just charged my playbook and like I'm, like I'm like I'm in the past like man this could have been it this could have been that thing so what if it didn't have yeah, email this right a website BlackBerry could have been this is how Berry Flow started by the way just like me like damn this playbook is awesome I can't wait I can't wait for Crackberry comments tomorrow like I'm telling you the Crackberry comments of Upstream are the the first ten it's gonna one the first, first. okay the first, first. is first. Then the second comment is, what is so important about being first? And then the third comment is like, <laughs> and then the fourth comment is like, well, what about the slider? And then the fifth comment is like, oh, my God, uh, James is so annoying or something like that. Like, Then the fifth one is like, I can't get this to work on this podcast app. The sixth, <laughs> sixth one is, uh, I like the upstream, but it's too long. Like, this is how it's going to happen. This is everything. The seventh everything. one is going to be, Darius needs to die. I'm hunting him down. He hates Blackberry Royals. Wow. I'm going to put his address up and available on the channel. Just swing by. It'll be there if you want to. That was rough, Darius. It was rough. Yeah. Oh, but, I mean, you just listen. judged us by that one, that one time. That <laughs> It's true. Blackberry has changed on the whole, and people really need to realize it. Like, like you know, Jubei said, Darius said, I mentioned, Chen has reiterated thousands of times. Like, it's not the exact same company, and realistically, people just need to accept the fact that Blackberry has changed. They're still going on. They're going to exist as a company. They'll still have their hardware and stuff like that, but don't expect them to go ahead and change directly to this, you know, full focus on consumers because that's not their headspace right now. They're set on making money in a whole different area. And if you happen to enjoy your BlackBerry device for what it does, as I do right now, perfect. That's awesome. It'll always not be available. It'll exactly. always be available. But if, you, if, you're, if you're, you know, insanely expecting more, you know, if you're expecting John Chen to come out and basically say, okay, we covered this huge app problem and so on, it's it's probably not going to happen. Our Just, mission is to destroy Apple. You yeah, know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Apple's Wake actually up. Wake up. Get to yeah. just let it go and, and let BlackBerry do BlackBerry. And, you know, eventually. Happy for them because they're turning profit. Yeah, exactly. And eventually, you know, if things do turn around, to the point where they want to go ahead and look that at money consumer space. Yeah, that's exactly where they'll be. I mean, BlackBerry was never a consumer product until the BlackBerry Pearl was released. The BlackBerry yeah. Pearl 8100 was when basically the media forced BlackBerry to become a consumer product because they said this is the consumer product from BlackBerry that people have been waiting for. It wasn't a consumer product before that. They were yeah. made into a consumer company. Yeah. And there's Everyone a conversation of supply and demand, right? Because demand created supply. And yeah. I think BlackBerry is positioned very well for that. This future of your security and mobility needs, you will have an option, right? You will have that specific niche Jane, service offerings you're looking Blackberry for. BlackBerry will be there when you need them. So right. I don't know why everyone's... Drops Mike, throws Mike across the room, actually. <laughs> Yo, like, people are panicking. No panic. BlackBerry will be around for a very long time, and they'll be there for when you're ready. All right? I'll be Devices will be ready. They're not going anywhere. Services will be ready. They'll all be there. So just everyone calm down. And yeah. the Android version of BlackBerry 10 will be there, and it will be a <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm totally pulling John Chen's leg. 
or, <laughs> or someone's, someone in engineering is like. I really appreciate having all of you guys on. This has been episode 50 of our Barry Flow Upstream called Input. We really appreciate everyone in the comments coming together and building this topic list for us. It was pretty freaking awesome, I will say. We had a lot to discuss, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, let I us want... know. Like, everyone who watches the podcast, let us know in the comments. You know, Go on Barry Flow, go on the channels, and let us know what you think and stuff. Go on Crackberry. You're, you're already logged in. I mean, just go <laughs> on info on the slider. Go to crackberry.com. <laughs> That's covered. I look just forward like... to your love and your hate. <laughs> I know that I know that, that poop emoji guy is going to come out of nowhere. I can, I can feel him now on Crackberry's comments. But no, I, I, I want to get you guys pumped for the 14th of June. And, and this, is, this is the 31st of May, guys. We're already six months into the year. Our 52nd episode, our one-year anniversary, which will come close to Father's Day, is actually going to be on the 14th of June. It's two weeks from today. It'll be downstream. We're going to have a drinking game. We're going to set up the rules next upstream, and we'll be posting some of that stuff. Again, guys, if you want to participate in this, we want you to do it responsibly. So read the rules, read the regulations before you hop on. It's going to be a very, very fun stream where we do basically the exact opposite of what we normally do. And... <laughs> and, and talk as real as we can. And I, I feel like this conversation is ultimately going to degrade into a talk about like DC versus Marvel. Like I feel like <laughs> that is where it's going. If it goes there, it goes there. Have no expectations. You'll have a great time. But as as always, cast. I really appreciate having you guys on. We will see you next Sunday. Thank you guys for watching. Take care, everyone. Later. And don't don't downvote this. You, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs>